So one of the things that I found super valuable was having those champions. And a lot of them were male champions because those were the people that were sitting with me at the at the boardroom table. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think you're right. I think it's shifting a lot right now, but I think we also have a long way to go. Um, and I'm reminded of that a lot of times when I'm sitting at that table. And I think one of the things that feminine energy brings to that table is this sense of collaboration, this sense of partnership, um, this sense of being more open and transparent. And I think all those things are so critical right now because in the companies that we're in, in the issues that we face in the world, they demand a level of collaboration that we cannot even begin to imagine yet. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangena. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mangena, empowering you to live a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. I am a little tiny, very big bit excited because, as you guys know, I had the opportunity to fulfill uh, a dream that I've had for many, many years uh, to meet one of my entrepreneurial heroes and hang out at his house. And then I got the opportunity to learn from an awesome kitten. It was via live stream, but I forgive her because she gave me a gift of an amazing book, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, Jean is a rock star. Um, she's doing powerful things in the world of philanthropy, powerful things in the world of, of, of entrepreneurship. But I think she's doing powerful things in the realm of just contributing to humanity, moving to another place and another level. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you do a little bit of talking and introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what it is you do in the world. Thank you, Dan, and thanks so much for having me here. I'm so honored to be with you today. And um, I'm Gina Wang, and I, I am the co-founder of an organization called Plus Wonder and an author of a book that's called Partnering. And I also have the great privilege to work with an amazing team at Virgin Unite. So I'm the CEO and president of Virgin Unite. We're like a little entrepreneurial engine that tries to tackle unacceptable systems and issues in the world. Well, we're just a little engine, she says. Yeah. All right, mate. We'll get past that bit later. Um, I want to talk about the fact that big in the world right now is female empowerment. A lot of my friends are really big into it. Um, you know, there's this massive movement, which I personally, I'm a little bit biased. I come from a house full of very powerful women. I firmly believe that society's challenges that we're facing now are as a result of an imbalance between masculine and feminine energy. I'm not talking about male and female. I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about energy and that this surgence of, of empowerment really is going to bring things back into balance and, and come back to harmony. Um, but you weren't always just doing these things. You've actually been in the ballroom kicking ass for a little while now um, when there weren't so many, you know, powerful women doing that thing in the boardroom. I'd love to hear a bit more about that journey and also what inspired you to do something that most people weren't really thinking about doing. I'd love to hear a bit more about that story and maybe some background to it, please. Yeah, no, thanks, Dan. And thanks for saying um, feminine energy rather than putting us in boxes of men and women, because I, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a huge danger right now in the world. We're, we're cornering, cornering everyone, and that's not mm -hmm. going to be helpful um, if we really yeah. want to 
work together. So thank you for using that language. And, you know, I, I spent about probably, gosh, now it was probably about 20 some years helping build mobile phone companies in different parts of the world. And exactly as you said, I was probably one of the only females at most of the tables that I sat in. And one of the things that I will forever be thankful of is that I had a lot of great men along my side who, you know, I wouldn't even use the word mentor. I would use the word champion um, who really mm. championed me along the way. And who really gave me that opportunity to have a seat at the table and also really importantly, have a voice at the table. And um, I think that's one of the things we really need to do with, uh, with young women to, to bring them along and to be those champions of young female leaders um, mm. and to allow them to have those seats at the tables. Because I think that's the thing that's missing a lot of the time is not that there isn't great female leaders out there right now. It's just that they never have the chance to have their voice heard. Um, mm. And so, again, so one of the things that I found super valuable was having those champions. And a lot of them were male champions because those were the people that were sitting with me at the at the boardroom table. Um, mm. and, you know, it's it's, uh, it's, I think you're right. I think it's shifting a lot right now, but I think we also have a long way to go. Um, and I'm reminded of that a lot of times when I'm sitting at that table. And I think one of the things that feminine energy brings to that table is this sense of collaboration, this sense of partnership, um, this sense mm -hmm. of being more open and transparent. And I think all those things are so critical right now because in the companies that we're in, in the issues that we face in the world, they demand a level of collaboration that we cannot even begin to imagine yet. So I think bringing that into every room we're in, no matter what organization is gonna be critical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. And as you were speaking, there's something that kind of popped up. It's that there's a difference in the dynamic between giving somebody a voice and championing someone to speak their own voice. And it might seem very subtle, but as I'm sort of musing over some of the amazing concepts that you shared uh, in the pillars that you gave us in partnering, which we are going to talk about, there's an essence of this, there's an essence of collaboration, even in the phrasing of championing. It's like, we're going to work together to support you in bringing your light versus I'm going to give you a, a leg up because I'm up here and you're down there. Am I making sense or am I going crazy here with what I'm thinking? No, it's a super important distinction. And every time I hear someone say they don't have a voice, it, it makes mm -hmm. all my shackles go up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a voice. The problem mm. is we're suffocating voices. We're smashing voices. We're not allowing points of difference at tables. You know, we should be celebrating diversity and mm. difference. It's that electric current of difference that gives us the sparkles and allows us to live in this world in a way that mm -hmm. makes it exciting and makes, you know, it's fantastic when people have difference of opinions because then you're going to learn something on the other side and yet instead of celebrating that right now we're stifling it um, mm. or making it feel like we're doing someone a favor by having them at the table and that's mm. not what it's all about um, everyone mm. has a voice everyone has something to add value to and it's giving them that space and helping them find their path about mm. what will make their light shine and what will allow them to become who they are in this world and step into their greater mm. purpose. Mm. This actually brings me a little bit to um, the first of the, the six pillars that you, you gave us in the book, Partnering, about having that big vision, having that big dream. And um, 
one of the things I love to say is that consciousness can only be in one place at a time. And if we ever find ourselves stuck in something that we don't want to be thinking about in our consciousness, by simply directing it to something that's more expansive, we can actually do the heavy lifting of coming out of the darker place. And when I think about what you're just sharing about, you know, stifling people and most being scared of having differencing opinions, I really felt this, this energy of, well, if we all have a big dream that we really feel committed to, we really you know, really tied up in with our consciousness, it's very difficult for me to be in fear about someone else's big dream or them. I actually want you to have your dream because I'm too busy having mine to think about you not having yours. Uh, and, and and this is just one of the multi-levels of, 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 um, of yumminess. I really was just picking up as I was going through the pillars and I don't want to get to them because they're so amazing. And by the way, everyone, we're going to pop a link in the show notes. And I, I've said this before, but I really, really do mean it. Please, please, please do get this book. It's not just about business partnerships. It's I, as I was going through this, I was thinking about the new dynamics in in the partnership with me and my son's mum as we've moved out of romantic relationship and into co-parent relationship. I'm thinking about as business relationship. I was also thinking about the relationship with me and my team members and all of these different dynamics and all how they all have these same underlying threads. Uh, and they're really, really spoken to so beautifully in the book with great stories. So guys, make sure you get the book, but we are going to get into some of them. Big question for you. And I know that people are going to be upset by this one, but you spent how many years collecting these, these, these stories and meeting all these awesome people that, that you, that you, I mean, we're talking uh, President Carter's wife. We're talking uh, Nelson Mandela. We're talking Ben and Jerry's, all these amazing people from around the world, from different fields that you got to meet with. There must be one that was your favorite. Which one was mm-hmm. it? <laughs> <laughs> that is the world's most difficult question. I have to say. Over these 15 years, I, I, I fell in love with these partnerships. They were just <laughs> extraordinary, every one of them. But um, yeah, I, it's, this is such a hard question. I think, I think one of my favorites is actually um, uh, Anthony Ray Hinton um, and Lester. And uh, <clears throat> Ray Hinton was uh, inc- incorrectly incarcerated. Um, probably 35 years ago, he was on death row for 30 years in a five by eight. Yeah, yeah. for a crime mm-hmm. he didn't commit. Um, mm-hmm. And his friend Lester, who they knew each other when they were tiny toddlers and they grew up together. And his friend Lester drove 200 miles every single week to go and visit Ray for 30 some years. And, um, and, you know, their partnership is just such an extraordinary one because they have such a deep friendship. And they talked about how they both grew up in poverty, but, you know, they realized through their friendship that they had everything in the world with that friendship and that deep connection with one another. And they've turned that friendship now into fighting to end the death penalty in America. And just to see the deep purpose and going back to your point, Dan, I mean, that's something bigger, that dream. That's what lifts us above any drama in our lives, because there's no Mm -hmm. space for drama when you have that Mm -hmm. dream. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, you see that with Rhett Lester and Ray, the ability for him to have a sense of humor after being incarcerated for that, that long incorrectly is extraordinary to me. Mm. And it's because he has this big dream now. He wants to make sure that no one else goes through that. And I saw that again mm. and again in these partnerships is this lifting above any drama in their partnerships, not eliminating it, but it's mm-hmm. the way they learned how to disagree and how to turn it into those sparkles. Um, mm-hmm. Because 
the other important thing. This stuff is hard work. You know, it's not mm-hmm. fairy tale land. It's how we can make sure we keep our, our dream there. We keep that something bigger that lifts us above that drama and that those complications in our life. Mm, I love that. I love that. And, and, and that's one of the, wait, that's one of the pillars, learning to disagree, learning to find the magic in disagreement. Have I, have I said Celebrating right? friction. So you're Celebrating there. friction. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. And that was a big one for me to go through because I'm, I don't like arguing. <laughs> I don't like arguing. So it's like, I'm the only one of my siblings that's not had a fallout with my mum. I'm the only one that hasn't. I've managed to navigate not having a fallout with my mum for, for 30 something years. <laughs> I don't know. But 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 much in the book, I love how you say, well, actually, if you dive deeper into that, you could both grow and expand and you can actually find ways to find deeper pockets of healing and, and space of growth, not just in that partnership, but in other partnerships that you're going to experience as well. Could you speak to that a little bit, please? Yeah. And this, this is one of my most tricky ones too, to learn. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's really difficult ones for, for all of us uh, because immediately mm-hmm. when we say conflict or friction, you know, we get, our body starts to sweat. We start to get nervous. We start to, and what was amazing and like a massive transition for me was um, these amazing pilots, um, Andre and Bertrand, who did the world's first solar flight yep. around yep. the world. That was in the introduction, yeah. right? Yeah, that was an, exactly. Yep. It was an introduction. Yep. <laughs> And they mm-hmm. had to be together like 24 hours a day for a year, you know, each taking turns to pilot the plane. Um, and they had a lot of friction in the beginning. And they they talked about how they created the, this courageous space and time where they really took the time together to get to know one another. And then they came up with these tools, things like, you know, starting a conversation with thinking about maybe the other person's right, you know, not. Yeah. In, in a position of I'm right and I have to win, it's maybe the other person's right and I need to listen and learn. And mm-hmm. lots of other beautiful things about start with why, understand where that person's coming from and start in that space rather than judging them in the beginning of the conversation. Or another beautiful one was this concept of a third way. They had this method that they thought, okay, you're coming from here, I'm coming from here, but let's create something that's even better than both of our ideas, a third way. And mm-hmm. so they have beautiful tools that they use when they had points of friction. But it's also things like one of my favorite concepts that came up out of, in these interviews was this idea of positive amnesia. Because mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew some of these partnerships really well, and I knew that they had had friction in their partnerships. And I was trying to dig to get that friction out in the interviews. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't talk about some of these things. And I realized that it was this sense, and they they coined it this phrase, positive amnesia, that they had this difficulty, they got mm-hmm. to the other side of it, and then they didn't want to hurt each other with it anymore. So they mm-hmm. allowed themselves to get beyond it and have this positive mm-hmm. amnesia. And remember, you know, there's another phrase that I love that one of the partners brought up around, remember the other 99 things, you know, remember the 99 <laughs> things you love about the other person, <laughs> the one that, that upsets you. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And as you've gone on this journey, and remember you said it's like, we went out to have a couple of interviews, then there was a couple more, then there was a few more. We've got dozens of interviews and all of these relationships that you got to explore, all these partnerships that you got to dive into. And again, audience, all walks of life, all of these different dynamics, people change in the world, people change in different pockets of industry, people pushing new boundaries and barriers. But Obviously, I know we've got the pillars and we've got the lessons and there's a beautiful frameworks that you've got in the book that we can go. And I've, I've got 
homework to do going back through some of these and <laughs> learning to practice them. No, I've, I've given myself a, a thing that I'm actually, because I'm, I'm stopping working it. Normally I don't work in December because my son's mum, my birthday, my son and my stepdaughter's birthday and Christmas are all oh. in December. So I don't work in December normally, um, <laughs> but I'm going to go to the Grand Prix in November. So I'm going to stop working a bit earlier this year. And I, I really want to sit, set some time down aside and really start exploring in my, my downtime this year, my relationships against this model. Do I have a why for these different things? Have I looked at what are the um, the, the the six ideals that, that that I really want to live to and, and how can I step into them? Where am I not in integrity? Where am I not this? Where am I not that? And really, really pull this apart because I firmly believe that relations, I, I was already there, but this is kind of brought it to another depth. The first one I heard you talk when we're on NECA and then sort of going through the book and really sitting with it, it's relationships is where it all happens. Humanity as a whole is going to be saved by the way that we relate and partner with each other to move forward. No man's an island, quite literally. No woman's an island. No, no non-binary person's an island. We're all in some kind of connection or relationship that's going to be moving things forward. And it's these pockets of relationship that are going to really dictate whether humanity is going to go through these crazy times that we're going through and, and make it out alive. And if we want to contribute to that, we need to explore, I think, where we're at as individuals and then how we can take that into our into our contribution. But aside from those pillars, he stops waffling. Are there any threads that really struck out to you specifically as, do you know what? This one wasn't everywhere, but this is definitely something that I saw really sharp in multiple pockets with these partnerships that you're exploring. Yeah. And I, th I think just to answer to that wasn't a waffle. That was a, a beautiful framing. And I think to respond to that, I, I agree with you. I feel like to have meaningful lives and to solve the complexity of issues that we're facing right now, the answer really is how do we partner together and how do we use those partners to collaborate at a scale we can't be even begin to imagine. And I think, I think we mistakenly as human beings feel like we make ourselves when in reality, it's people we surround ourselves with, which make mm. us far. Yet we spend spend such little time investing in how we build those partnerships. So I love what you just said about taking the month of December to really go in deep and think about who the deep connections have been in your life and who you mm -hmm. want the deep connections to be in your life going forward. Mm -hmm. And you know, in your answer to the thread, it was so interesting, Dan, because when I started these interviews, you know, it started actually as a small dream. I love your framing of dreaming. It started as a small dream and I was literally just going to interview 10. I thought, great, I'm just going <laughs> to And then I interviewed Dennis and Jerry, and it changed my model forever because I <laughs> originally had romantic partners only. And I think one of the things when you say thread, what was really interesting to me was that the threads were common amongst no matter what kind of partnership they were, whether they were romantic, whether they were friendship, whether they were business, whether they were family partnerships, they mm. were all common. And they started to emerge right from the initial interviews. Um, mm. and something bigger, this concept of having something bigger, whether it was an individual something bigger or a collective something bigger, was consistent and massive throughout all the interviews. And I knew that it would be, I knew it would be important because I, I chose them based on them having done something significant in their lives, but I never realized how much that something bigger would dominate. And it mm. dominated from a few different directions. It dominated from the perspective of allowing these people to live the most, the highest, most meaningful lives that they possibly could and allowing them each to help each other towards their something bigger. 
but it also dominated that that something bigger strengthened their connection with one another mm-hmm. because it gave them this deep respect for one another that they had that something that was bigger than themselves and bigger than their partnership that they were dreaming about and going for in this world to want to make change so that mm-hmm. one was an interesting thread that was just so dominant in these successful partnerships mm-hmm. Successful partnerships. It sounds like such a, 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 it sounds like a, um, let me rewind. I did an interview a couple of days ago and uh, Dan Rogers, if you're listening, Dan, what up? And if you're not, naughty boy. Um, (laughs) And uh, he was saying, you know, what is success to you? And uh, I I will always remember, I, I can't remember where I got this from, but success is getting what you want and happiness is wanting what you get. And when we talk about partnerships, that really comes down to what is the intentionality that we're bringing together for what we're moving into. And again, that comes back to that very first pillar, that foundation new pillar. What is the thing that we want to come together to create? Like with me and Olga, it's a loving space for the kids, for them to grow and be contribution, humans that contribute and and, and whatnot. Um, With me and a sibling, it could be I don't know, me and my brother do business together. So we, we've got a business relationship, right? Um, uh, whichever it is, there's, there's always a thing. And if we want to have successful relationships, have you seen, not just with the interviews that you did, but in your years as a philanthropist, as a, a, a beacon of light in the world of business, as just a bloody good human, have you seen that partnerships have really failed to get places somewhere just because they don't have that intentionality? Yeah, I think it, it definitely comes down to intentionality and thinking about why you're coming together. But I also mm-hmm. feel like um, we have been trained as humans from before we can almost even walk that success is linked to individualism and individual success and purpose. Mm-hmm linked to individual and individual purpose. And mm-hmm. I really believe that that's, um, that's a wrong framing. You know, if you mm-hmm. think about it, like I remember when I was a, a woman starting in the corporate world, which was decades ago, which is a scary thought. Um, but I remember my first well-intentioned boss, you know, gave me two books at that stage. They gave me, the first book was The Art of War. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Was the other one The Prince? Was the other one The Prince? Uh, no, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, like telling me immediately as a young woman, you know, I needed to don my battle gear if I wanted to <laughs> America and just be in there for the fight. But then the second book that he gave me was The Art of Cooking, just in case I didn't make it in the art of war. And for a female wow. in, in, as my first job, you know, that sent me two strong messages and it made me so determined that I was going to break every glass ceiling. I was going <laughs> to show everyone that I didn't need that, you know, weapons of mass destruction, but that I need as a female. And, you mm-hmm. know, I remember waking up one day and I'd broken all these glass ceilings and I remember waking up and thinking, oh my God, who am I? I am so alone right now. I've mm. got, you know, mastered the art of success, climbed to the top of companies, but I haven't invested in my relationships. And that was Mm. such a turning point for me to realize that success is not all about how many glass ceilings we break, you know, how much 
we climb up the corporate, how many companies we start, how much money we make. Success is all about our meaningful relationships in our lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, Buffett said it so beautifully. Someone asked him, you know, what is the meaning of success in life? And he posed a question back to the person. He said, do the people you love love you back? Do the people you love, love you back? And it's such a simple question about measuring success in our lives. And um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, so it pivoted me. But I think in answer to your your question, I think we are pointed towards individualism and pointed towards not thinking deeply about our partnerships. You know, all of us probably think we have great partnerships in our lives. Everyone that's listening right now thinks I'm a great partner. I'm a great friend. And then when you dig into it, You know, as I started, I thought that too, before I started this 15 year journey. And then you see these great partnerships like, you know, Archbishop Tutu and Leo or Ben and Jerry, and you realize the hard work that they've put into this. Mm. It hasn't been something that just happened to them. It's been intentional, Mm -hmm. exactly as you said. Mm -hmm. I love it. Everybody listening is like, I see what you did there. So my signature model is called Beyond Intention and my, my primary book is called Stepping Beyond Intention. So I was like, yes, it works. <laughs> it <fits>. Yes. <laughs> uh, guys, if you listen to this, make sure you keep an eye out because we have the re-release of Stepping Beyond Intention coming out soon. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but yeah, it's been approved now by Gene. So sorry, guys, like anyone who doubted me. <laughs> this partnership says that it works so there we go <laughs> i want to whip over <laughs> i want to whip over to <laughs> breathing 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 oh too many jokes not enough jokes so i want to start looking at this transition then so you have this great awakening and you've been you know you've been out there slaying it getting it in making it happen showing them who's the boss you obvs and and at some point, there was a movement over from you being the CEOs or the CEO of, of corporations and some big bloody corporations over to Virgin Unite and solving big problems. Where does that transition happen? I'm saying this very selfishly because I have a very big goal to be a full-time philanthropist over the next three to five years. That's my three to five-year goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I'm, I'm always now I've been doing a lot of research and dialing in with people and, you know, having conversations and seeking new mentors around that movement, um, that, 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 that transition. So I'm really interested to know your transition point, if there was a point or even, you know, how that happened, how did, how did Virgin Unite come about? You know, what, what does it, what does that all look like from full on boss human to full on, Let's change the world, human. I'd love to hear a bit more about that transition. Yeah. And and before I go into that, Dan, I mean, I think the beautiful thing about what you're doing right now is you're already changing lots of lives through the work that you're doing right now. So never underestimate <laughs> Thank the you. power Thank you. of what you're currently doing. But um, I I kind of took these, these few kind of wild detours in my career that really helped me understand what my longer term path was going to be. And the first one I, I took out of corporate America into something called Vista, which is almost like the Domestic Peace Corps in America. And I was mm-hmm. working with homeless teenagers and refugees in Center City, Chicago. And I think it was there that I realized, oh my God, how screwed up are we as human beings that we're letting a 12-year-old, 15-year-old, 17-year-old live on the streets? And to me, it was that awakening of the systems are broken between not-for-profit, government, and business. How do we change these systems so we work together to not allow a child 
to live on the street like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I learned more from those kids, I have to say, than I have in any education in my entire life. Um, wow. And that, that changed me forever. And then I, I ended up moving to do international helping startup mobile phone companies. And I was um, in South Africa. I moved there in 1995, this amazing moment for the country when Mandela was in power. And, and we were starting one of the first mobile phone companies there. And mm-hmm. I remember we launched um, prepaid services and we made our like annual target in, uh, in a month. And mm-hmm. so we went down to the townships and there was these amazing displays of entrepreneurship happening. People were selling phone calls out of the briefcases. They'd set up these little stands. They were selling calls. You know, it just completely changed the dynamic, this one phone. And to me, it was, again, that that realization of this intersection between business, not-for-profit, and government. Like, how do we make that even stronger, that we can change lives in a much richer way? And I was seeing us move from country to country to start up mobile phone companies, but I was seeing some of the same social and environmental issues that weren't being mm-hmm. solved because we weren't using the tools we had across business, government, and not-for-profit. So th- those two points pivoted me significantly. And then when I was in, um, when I was in Australia, I was working for, I went there to work for Optus and then moved to the National Parks and Wildlife Service. And, uh, and again, I had the same realization of okay, we're not driving change as quickly as good. I got a call from Virgin to come across to help start a mobile phone company. And that was the point that I, when I was starting that mobile phone company with Virgin, I overheard Richard um, in the car talk about wanting to start a foundation. And so I put Mm -hmm. a plan together, sent it across to him. um, And, you know, he was on my board at that time and he called me on the phone and I can remember distinctly being at home and he said, let's do this. And I hung up the phone, danced around the house and then we started. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of the moment that I pivoted fully. But um, mm. but I really believe that business, not for profit, government, every single one of those sectors has a role in driving change. And mm-hmm. the intersection of them is what fascinates me of how we scale change by bringing all the sectors together. Mm. I love Sorry, that. that was a long winded answer, no. but it's. I want, we want all the yumminess. We want all the yumminess. We want all the goodness. I've maybe got you for, I don't know, another 15 minutes maximum. So I want to get as much, as much goodness as I can get. For me, audience, you get to listen in too. But sorry, it's my show and I'm going to get myself too. <laughs> because, I mean, uh, my, my family's from Zimbabwe. That's where my family's from. Uh, my family, my parents are from very rural Zimbabwe. Uh, dad literally clawed his way up from nothing, made his way to like the local governor or something like that, packed up, moved up to England, not as an economic migrant in the 70s, but as an education migrant, and then built himself up from nothing there too. And so we've got this, This I've got this... Um, very dualistic experience of life because I have family that still lives out in the countryside. I've got family that are fabulously rich and successful and all that, all of the things. And yet there's this, there's this complete disconnect that happens between solving problems entrepreneurially, solving problems um, fiscally, solving problems at a government level, solving problems, uh, a social, there's, and yet, 
how we create is how we create. How we create value that moves things forward is how we create value that moves things forward. And I've always loved the idea of teaching a person to fish, but then you don't just need to teach someone to fish. You also need to teach someone how to create the structures and the networks and the organizations and the infrastructure to make use of that fish so that value can be perpetuated. And one of the things I love about when entrepreneurs, like real people who understand creation of value and entrepreneurship, come with that same hat on into shifting real problems, I think that's when things really get solved because the hell of our, we're going to, we're going to do a, we're going to do a fundraiser. We're going to, we're going to do a concept of bake sale. And then we're going to, we're going to give some money to the poor people. And then we're going to feel better about ourselves. I just don't think that's going to cut it. And, and, and I think that the disruption that's ripe to really happen in the world of social change is, is one that, Awesome humans like yourself leading the charge, and I'm very excited to see. So thank you for doing that. And for eavesdropping, were you eavesdropping on Sir Richard? Were you, were you eavesdropping when you heard about the foundation? Tell the truth. To be a little kid. I was eavesdropping. I was eavesdropping. He was in the front of the thank car, you. back of the car. He was on a phone. Thank you, thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing that. <laughs> You're so right about the um, the but the philanthropic system, and I think capitalism both need to be reinvented and reimagined right now, mm-hmm. and how they come together to solve change. And philanthropy mm-hmm. is so broken where it is been so positioned as I'm giving to you. Uh, I you know it's that that whole model is so broken, and mm-hmm. that's where the partnering model is so exciting because it's not mm-hmm. about giving to someone or it's about partnering and it's about figuring mm-hmm. out like how together and it's about partnering across sector it's about partnering with different people it's about coming together across difference you know um cornell west and robert george two american intellects who are on the completely opposite you know it couldn't be more opposite you know they <laughs> say uh and in the interview with me they had this beautiful phrase of go out and find someone that unsettles you and we need mm-hmm. to do more of that unsettling. We need to find people that are going to shift our thinking. We're na- we need to break and reinvent these systems because they're unbelievably broken. And that's why we're kind of stuck in this, in this whirlpool rather than driving real change in this world. Mm. And more people need to eavesdrop. <laughs> especially, especially, especially when Sir Richard's around, because he says some funny stuff. <laughs> he says some amazing things. He says some amazing things. Um, I want to talk about Plus Wonder. And I also want to get the story of how you got Simon Sinek to publish your book. Because I was, by the way, just full disclosure, I'm stealing the way that you ended your book with how I'm ending my republish 100% with the sections and the resources, and the thing, and then the thank you. So just, you know, if you ever get the copy of the post, which you will, uh, and you happen to see some plagiarization, yes, it happened. I've admitted it. Okay, there we go. So <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about PW, and then we'll talk on uh, on the story about um, getting the book published. Fantastic. Yeah. Plus Wonder started mm-hmm. through this journey of me wanting to go out and listen to some of the greatest people who had created partnerships that have longevity. And they also mm-hmm. their partnerships make a bigger difference in the world. So I literally sat at the feet of about 65 different partnerships and collaborations of all different types across all different kinds of divides. And, uh, and out of that came these extraordinary patterns, these beautiful patterns emerged that we called the six degrees of connection. 
and they were common across all the partnerships. Uh, and so for me, it's a really practical way to think, as you said, Dan, in every single one of your partnerships, whether it's your romantic, friend, business, how can we start to look through a partnership lens and how do we start to become the best version of ourselves through the partnerships we create in the world? And what we really want to do with Plus One or Partnering is we want to spark people to have partnerships of purpose in their life. And we also want to think about how they can think, whether it's in their home, their community, the world, how they then ladder those up to bigger collaborations, because that is the only way we're going to solve and tackle some of our problems. And we have great examples like the community who solved the ozone, you know, protected the ozone there. It's, it's the reason we are all here and alive right now is because of this mm -hmm. incredible incredible community of friends. So we know we can do it as humanity. And mm -hmm. Simon, I just adore. And, you know, I, I first met him years ago. And one of the things I probably over a decade ago, one of the things I love about Simon is he is such a radically different thinker. He will come from a completely different direction that I didn't even imagine or think about. And so when I was starting this process of this book, he was such an incredible thought partner with me. And I would go and I would literally probably have like five or 10 minutes with Simon on the book. And I would come out the other side with a whole different perspective. It goes back to that whole thing about celebrating friction. We come from different, mm -hmm. different angles, different sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he would be like, Gene, that's crap. And I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd be like, let's think about it like this. And then we'd both take our ideas and come up with a much better idea than I had in the beginning. And I just mm. love Simon because he's so transparent and open, but he's also ca so caring and loving. And he really is committed to trying to make people's lives better through his work. You know, that is that is his dream. That is his mission. And so when I was uh, writing this book, he was a thought partner along the way. And then he and Adrian from Penguin, you know, we were sitting down one day and I'm like, hey, guys, let's do this book. And I was like, I had all these crazy spreadsheets. I had all the patterns. You know, I was so excited <laughs> about the data. And I could see them like who is this woman? <laughs> and then I'm Jane. And they, they took the risk on me. It goes back to championing. And then, um, you know, Simon and Adrian, I will forever be thankful, took that risk on me. Um, and they went through this process with me. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful journey. Amazing. 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 Jean, you're a, I said it again, said it before, I'll say it again. You're a rock star. Thank you for the light that you are, the light that you're sharing. The way that, again, I said it before, I'll say it again. I do believe that these concepts, these ideas are going to disrupt the way that we operate as humanity and may just get us out of this crazy time. We've got people kicking off over there, people kicking off over there, people fearful over there, people dancing over there. But if we just shifted the way that we did away from this individualism, and back to this coherent partnership, I really do think that things can change. So thank you for this beautiful model, this beautiful framework, this beautiful series of stories and examples that we can use to start looking at ourselves and how we partner. So appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And thanks for all you're doing in the world. Thanks for having me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Any parting words of wisdom before we wrap this up and let you get on with the rest of your day? Yeah, just go out and enjoy life and enjoy it with other people and build those mm -hmm. deep connections. It will, you know, Archbishop Tutu used to say, joy is a discipline and we all have to be prisoners of hope. And those words are really important to me because you, when you're with partners, you can bring yourself that joy in life. And we forget that that's where, that's where the sparks of humanity are when we're together. And so 
build those partnerships, build those deep connections, and then make sure that you ladder them up to change the world. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Beloved audience, thank you for giving me some of your time today. Thank you for coming to hang out. As always, uh, who do you know that will be served by this episode? Whose life could be touched, expanded, and made a little bit more joyful uh, by them having more yummy partnerships and connections in their life? Share it with them. If you haven't already rated and reviewed the podcast, it would mean the world to me. If you did, that's how people are going to hear this message. Other than that, guys, remember you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life and to keep dreaming with your eyes open. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.